it is time to rewrite your story, seize control of your destiny, and become the unstoppable force you were born to be. Prepare to embark on a journey that will redefine what it means to be a man as we dive into the depth of your untapped potential. This is not a show for the faint of heart. It's for those who hunger for greatness, who crave more than the ordinary. Fear is not your enemy. It is a fuel that propels you to carve your own extraordinary path. Life may knock you down, but you rise stronger and more resilient every single time. This is not just your life, but a testament to who you are and who you will become. At the end of each day, when all said is done, you can proudly call yourself a man. Hey, this is Lenda Carmine here, and I have a special guest with me today, the owner and creator, Steve Roberts, with Fitter After 40. He's an exercise physiologist, a personal trainer with over 20 years experience in the health and fitness industry. Steve, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you here and really let our listeners know about how they can get healthier over 40. So welcome. G'day, Len. <laughs> Thought you might like that. Being an Australian, mate, I had to, I had to put that one in there. But um, hello, all, and uh, thanks for thanks for having me today. I'm looking forward to having a chat with you, and helping helping with some thoughts around how to get fitter faster mm-hmm. after forty. And uh, really, I, I guess it all stems for me for for the purpose of why I want to be healthy myself. I have children. I have a wife and I want to see them grow up and I, I love life too much. So uh, that's why I want to be healthy. No, I, I love it. But what made you want to do this for men over 40? What really inspired you to, to help, help them be able to become, you know, a lot fitter? Uh, my father passed away when he was 50. Uh, he was diagnosed with cancer about six months before that. And um, that, that, kind of brought down my world quite quickly as you can imagine I was just uh, 17 at the time so uh, a young boy trying to become into a man I was in my last year of school a fair bit of turmoil already with knowing what what not not knowing what you're going to do after you finish school and with that news um, I kind of jokingly say it was a bit of a let off that I could fail my exams because I had a fairly good reason Um, so I I sort of threw the towel into my studies and uh, unfortunately, father, my dad passed away about six months after he was diagnosed. So um, thinking that your hero would never die, uh, it's a bit like Superman, you know, has his kryptonite, so he died. So um, that to me was a big, uh, big moment in my life, big crisis. Um, I'm one of four, I'm the youngest. And uh, from there, mum, you know, did her best to, to look after us and to nurture us uh, as a mother. Uh, but we were starting to grow up to be young adults as well. So we were finding our own way. Uh, and with lots of, um, I guess, challenges with uh, life growing up as a young man, um, I, I did battle with some, some demons around that. And I used that term demons in a sense of there were things that I just used uh, in order to make myself feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I had drugs and I had uh, alcohol. Um, relationships weren't quite solid with women. Um, so I was trying to sort of work through life without having a mentor or father sure. um, around me. And uh, I, I discovered one day after I was about about 26, um, I thought, 
I want to go to university. Actually, I was a bit younger than that. Sorry, I was about 24. I thought, right, I bugger this. I want to go to university. I don't want to do this job, which I used to identify myself with. So now I've got into health and fitness. Uh, and I've been involved in that since 1998, really, for my graduate years. So, uh, and then graduated in 2002. So, yeah, 20 years in the health and fitness industry, all stemmed really from that moment in my life when, uh, when, when my dad passed away. And, you know, to add to that, I don't want to see dads um, die early. You know, that's, an, sure. that's, an, that's a given. And I don't want um, to see young boys, uh, young girls left without a father mm-hmm. from a preventable disease that can be uh, avoided through lifestyle um, habits and, and uh, interventions. No, I mean, I mean, I, I love everything that you're saying. You really had a big why there, you know, you know, especially with your father passing, losing that, uh, being a father of three, wanting to be able to be able to um, be in their lives and be able to physically do things uh, with them and watch them grow up and you being healthy and living a healthier lifestyle. Because I know as men, we get lost along the way. We get lost in our relationships. We're overworked. We're overstressed. We're drinking caffeine left and right just to, you know, keep ourselves focused and, and moving forward. And, you know, and we have our vices. We, we do end up getting into drugs and alcohol, porn as well. And it takes us away from our, our purpose and our, and our, and our passions in life. And That's we just right. kind of get lost in the mix of things. Yeah, and, you know, and I have to admit, I've been there too. I've, 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 um, been down that road as well, like yourself. And once I started to give up alcohol and be and live a more healthier lifestyle, I started to see a lot of changes in myself. Uh, you know, I'll admit, I still have the occasional drink here and there, but it's not something I routinely do all the time now. You know, yeah. I, I, I look forward to getting up and going hiking in the morning. I feel more energized, more refreshed. Um, more more alive now being healthier um but i know a lot of men struggle so so how how can people start maintaining their health i mean you know i've been working out since i was 16 i've kind of been in and out of it here and there some guys may not even be been doing it at all you know how can men start maintaining this new healthier lifestyle you know and, and why is it so difficult for us to do uh so i'll start with the how it's um the how is really you can to use your um to use your i guess way of assessment there is to find out what your why is Mm. so so how is the why in a sense so if they think okay how can i do something it's almost well why do i want to do something so with the why it almost becomes part of the action because how can i run a half marathon or how can i run a five kilometer run which which I'd like to do becomes almost like your why. Well, like, cause I, I, I want to feel good about myself. I want to get healthy. So then that can lead into running mm-hmm. uh, in, in that way, I guess. Um, but in search of, in search of everything that is on the internet, uh, it can get us quite bogged down in ideas and, and different opinions and starting points and, um, you know, quick fixes. Uh, I think a really simple thing to do is to to start walking if you can walk, mm-hmm. and uh, and really then start to bring in some stretching and uh, some breathing activities. So you're really slowly 
getting in tune with your body. Uh, I, I listened to a podcast the other day and they were talking about how PE in schools, and I think it's the same in the States as well, they started taking out gymnastics around the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. and started bringing in competitive sports. And I think that's had an effect on um, the generations of, of people who have been through those systems because they're not able to identify where their body's at in time and space. It's quite important in gymnastics and that body awareness that you get to gymnastics. And with that, with if you take away the competitiveness of gymnastics, it's really about getting in touch with your body. Mm. We've probably lost that ability or even um, had that education around looking after ourselves as well as they did back in the, you know, before the 60s, 70s. So with that change in, um, in, in, the generations of PE, even within schools, it becomes more competitive these days. So we're probably now hardwired to thinking, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to be good at it. And if I don't win, I'm a loser. And that then can breed self-doubt in in men, especially when they think, well, I'm going to come second or I'm going to come last. Again, I'll be laughed at. So if you can revert away from the competitive nature of of health and fitness and look at just the more internal self uh appreciation and self uh, feeling and, and being inspired around getting to know your own body you'll be in touch with it so much better and mm-hmm. be able to identify what's going on inside like a change in when you go to the bathroom or um, something's not quite feeling right you'll be in touch with it and if, if I can bring that back to my father mm-hmm. he, he had a lump in his uh, in his body that was probably that size by the time wow. that opened him up. So and, a, a and, size, what do you say, a size of quarter? A golf ball, I think it's something ball, like that. Okay. Yeah, but you know, my dad was a veterinarian, so a, a person who's familiar with diseases in animals mm-hmm. wasn't able to identify one in himself because he was running a business, had four kids, a boarding school with uh, bill, bills to pay and, and a mortgage. So all those things can cloud us from really getting in touch with ourselves. So the best thing I could advise guys on start walking, start stretching, and then things will flow from there because they'll build confidence and fitness around that. Yeah. So start out small, achievable, manageable goals. Is it, exactly. Yeah. Is, is there really a secret? Like, I mean, is it, I mean, we've seen so many different exercise equipment come out over the years, products. I mean, is there really a, a secret or is it just you just showing up and being consistent is that is that really the big secret or are all these magic pills and all this stuff really that all right this the secret is actually literally uh, the truth um and and the secret is not really even the right word for it it's just a a matter of fact is that there's there's no magic to it Mm -hmm. it's it's uh there are shortcuts and there are hacks and the shortcuts that the industry uh, tries to teach you is is worth eighty seven billion dollars in a lot of cases. It's a massive industry, so uh, and I'm not saying that to to diss the industry because it does a lot of amazing things. But there are lots there's lots of money to be made out of the fitness industry. You've got supplements, you've got equipment, you've got you know, magazines and lots of published literature around it. But um, but I guess where I'm going here is that. The, the hacks that people can start doing for themselves are free. Um, the, the hack would be that if you normally have breakfast in the morning at the same time, 
your body identifies that and accepts that fuel or whatever type of food it is, it'll accept that and it'll go, right, nothing's going to change. I'm not going to move. So you're not going to lose weight by eating breakfast the same time every day. If you pull that breakfast out and then let that go and do a little bit of fasting until lunch, the next thing you know, your body's going to say, oh, okay, there's something different going on here. While there's no food in my in my um, my liver waiting for me to use or my muscles, I'll go and start scavenging somewhere else, and it'll start to look for other sources of energy to keep it alive and well. So that, that's the introduction of fasting that's going to help reduce the calories that you have in your body, and that's going to start helping um, you know use utilize fat as a source of fuel. So they're little simple free things you can do. Other hacks you can do get out in the cold weather, uh, cold winter every now and again or cold weather or have a cold shower because that um, shock or that little bit of a change in temperature can speed up your uh, metabolism but also speed up the use of brown fats. We have brown fat deposits in our body. Less as we get older, more as we are a child, those brown fats are then ignited, if you like, from cold temperatures and they can speed up the, uh, the utilisation and burning of fat for fuel. So Simple hacks. Uh, and then the final one really is not even a hack. It's just get some really good sleep. Okay. <laughs> sleep well, sleep well and sleep deep. Uh, make sure it's nice and dark and, um, and you'll feel so much better for it because our body heals itself when you go to bed at night. Uh, and for people who watch TV and watch screens and things like that, all you're doing is interrupting that uh, pattern that you're supposed to have for your body to revitalize and to you know repair damage muscle tissue and really just unwind we're too wide up these days len yeah no no i agree i mean we're always in front of our computers on our phones drinking you know energy drinks non-stop coffee and we're always we're overstimulated yeah. you know and and that's and that's a, a big issue and that's why a lot of men are very irritated agitated they don't know what to do with themselves they get frustrated um, short temper a lot because we're just overly stimulated. But yeah. being able to exercise, get out with nature, you know, view things with our eyes, not be taking our phones to take pictures of everything and leaving yeah. our phone home and getting away from that, the, that um, those energies that these pieces of equipment are always, you know, placing upon us is going to make your life a lot easier and a lot healthier. Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, just just to give you a bit of an insight there, we we were uh, having some fertility issues many years ago, and we sought some uh, sought some support around that. And that was one of the things that they recommended that we remove from our ourselves, especially when we go to bed at night. So yeah. our phones, put that into the next room, turn it on flight mode, um, not have our heads near any uh, any electrical stimulus and any of those waves that could come through us. That's difficult if you live in a high rise or you know highly dense area, uh, but doing your best to make your environment nice and natural and, and calm and relaxing is, is a very good way to de-stress. And as you said, walking is great as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, I just want to real quick, I want to go back to sleeping real quick. Um, do you need eight hours of sleep or can you do less? What, what is your recommendation on sleep? Uh, you can do less. I, I'm not an expert in, in sleep, but I, I do know that if you're able to, and I have experienced it, if you're able to have a process of winding down, your body recognizes that it's shutting down and your quality of sleep is going to be much greater. Mm. Uh, now, 
the quality is is important here because in the first four to five hours, your body will go through that process of um, cleanup, as I mentioned before, that autophagy in a sense. It'll start to scavenge around because if it hasn't eaten for four or five hours, like it does during the day, it'll start to go, right, where am I going to, how am I going to keep the heart beating? How am I going to keep the breathing pattern going? So it starts to look for things. So it's important to get that good quality sleep in that four to six hour window um, so that those processes can happen. A great way to do it, uh, and I guess the strategy here is a three, two, one, zero method. Um, uh, uh, Bouchant, I think his name is, um, Brenda Bouchant, Bouchant. Uh, yeah, Bouchant, yeah, yeah. That's, he's got a three, two, one, zero method, and I'm sure others do as well. Three hours before you go to bed, no more, uh, no, nothing more to eat. Okay. Uh, only, only, only drink and maybe some black tea or something like that, or herbal tea. Two hours before you eat, uh, before you go to bed. Sorry, uh, no work, so nothing, nothing to keep you stimulated. No emails, no text messages, uh, and then one hour before you go to bed, make sure there's no TV on and uh, and any other sort of screens as well. So that would include um, reading from a black, uh, from a you know Amazon Kindle book. Or or- Kindle book, something like that. Yeah. So you can see really by starting to adapt simple changes like that, you're going to get that winding down process. You can go into a deep sleep. Zero is the amount of times you hit the snooze button. Okay. (laughs) Great. No, I I love the the hacks that you've been giving. Uh, They've been great so far. Um, You know, there's things there I, I didn't even realize myself that I'm learning today from this episode. So I appreciate you sharing these hacks. I, I want to dive into fasting. I know this is something that I wrote a lot with your program. You do challenges around it. Can you talk a little bit about fasting? Why fasting is is useful, the, w- the way you teach it? I know there are different ways you can fast. Can you give us a little insight on that? Yeah, sure. So fasting's been around for, I don't know, something like 10,000 years or a bit longer, I guess. So um, it's nothing new. Um, I'm, or I'm simply just adopting some of the uh, principles around fasting and using some of the processes around fasting to introduce to my my clients that I work with. Um, It's not easy to uh, get people to accept that they can't eat in order to achieve a goal. They have to come to that. They have to come to that um, decision themselves. I can't tell them what to do because if I tell them what to do in a sense of this is what you have to do, they won't get that buy-in. So first and foremost, you have to accept that you have to take something away, um, something big like food in order to control the way that things could be getting out of hand for you. So you can take away alcohol, you can take away uh, you know, social media, you can take away cigarettes and drugs, pornography uh, and any gambling addictions, any other sort of addictions you have. But that's all good. But if you're constantly eating and eating, that's not going to change uh, your behavior with regards to eating. That's an addiction as well, right? Mm -hmm. So so some of the greats have done fasting before and it's good to lean on, you know, their um, CV as a good good way to say it's good for you. Socrates, Plato, Mm -hmm. Hippocrates, uh, you know, lots of of great people, of course, uh, really... um, embellished in, in fasting what the way i like to get people to start to adopt fasting is by simply skipping a meal uh like a breakfast in the morning or something like that and then pushing their eating out a little bit further 
to say lunchtime. And by doing that, if you look at a 24 hour schedule, if they normally eat, they finish eating at eight o'clock at night and they have breakfast the next morning, that's a 12 hour window, what I call a 12 and 12. That's simple maths. You might want to start out by doing a 14 and 10, which means you don't eat until 10 a.m. the next day or a a 16 and 8, which means you don't eat until 12 o'clock the next day. Uh, It's always good to maybe uh, knock off one hour every week if you wanted to just start that until you get to around about a 20 and 4, which is a 20-hour fast and a four-hour eating window. uh, That's when you can start to look at really putting a few days together, 24 to 48 hours and so on. And the benefit of that is, well, the intermittent fasting windows, which are just the short ones, they're good for just starting to get some uh, changes in your in your body. Uh, hormesis is a is a is a st- type of stress that we need to have in order to keep us alive. Too much of it, like toxins and poisons, can kill us. Too little of it, and we're not really going to budge or change at all. In fact, we'll just get fatter and lazier and and you know die early. So there has to be a certain amount of good stress that we have to have in order to stay alive and, and, and keep in touch with our, I guess, our um, primitive behaviours and, and, and innate um, things that we have inside us. So that's why fasting is good because it, it, it makes you kind of want a bit more. And then if you're able to put some discipline around that, you're able to really see some, uh, some progress in your weight loss and even your cognitive approach on how you think and how you feel and maybe you can observe things because you're not eating more you can absorb observe things within yourself that you think well normally i have a snack this time and because i didn't uh, that's really self-empowering and then by you know increasing the duration that you donate increasing your fast that'll give you a lot of uh, sense of uh, power and um, you know commitment to maybe do it a bit longer because up until about 48 hours you're not going to get any huge changes of fat loss. The real, the real meat, uh, the pun intended there, is that it's really going to happen 48 to 72 hours from not eating. And with that, you need some support uh, from a group. Fellowship is a massive thing. Yeah. And having a process and, and a model around that is really important. Okay. So on average, uh, when, when would somebody start seeing some changes with fasting? <laughs> I know everybody's body is a little bit different, but typically what, what, what have you seen that somebody might be able to start seeing some changes? Uh, yeah. So I've, I, I have a, I'll run a challenge, a five day challenge and it's called the intermittent fasting challenge. Um, and guys start seeing changes after a day. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm literally, I see one kilogram a day, half a kilogram a day for most guys. So, you know, the, if you stick to a method uh, such as a 14 and 10, say, for example, you don't eat until mid-morning next day or even you don't even to lunchtime, every day for five days, you should lose between 2.5 and 5 kgs. Okay. So if you want to start on weight loss and you don't want to exercise, that's fine. Just don't eat until lunchtime mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Experiment with yourself. And then, of course, when you do eat, it's the quality of food that you need to eat, which is important as well. You can't just go straight to McDonald's or KFC or Taco Bell and, and pig out. You've got to have the right choice, choice of food. What to eat? Keep it simple. If it's got a face um, and if it's from the ground, it's good. It's from a packet or it's from the internal aisles of most shopping centers in the world. 
it's bad. So they're just a couple of little basic tips. No, no, that's great. Now, is fasting something you should be doing constantly or is it something you should do, do like every other week? How, how should somebody build this into their lifestyle? It, good question. And it depends on what your goal is. It also depends on your state of health. If you have, uh, if you're quite healthy and you just want to lose a bit of body fat uh, and you just want to get trimmed for summer or for a suit or what it might be, you can just start with some intermittent fasting. And then if that's having an effect and chipping off a few kilograms, that's good. If you're looking to lose a lot of weight, then an approach you can take, again, is to do some intermittent fasting, but then start to push it out to multiple days uh, with some support, of course, around that in a model. If you want to see your GP, by all means, you should do that to tell them what your intentions are. Um, I don't know if I answered your question correctly, but they're, they're, they're things you can do. When yeah. should you start? Well, if, if you do feel your, if you can grab your, your thumb and your finger like that now, Len, and mm. you come down here near your waist okay. and you can squeeze that, you can squeeze that stuff. Give it a go, mate. Yeah, yeah. If you can, if you can squeeze that stuff around there, then you don't need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still there. I mean, I, I've, I've, I've written some, I've written and read some information saying if you've got any more than 4% of body fat, there is fat there that you can utilize by not eating. So, so you know, we've all got plenty on us. We can mm -hmm. utilize that uh, and, and don't be scared of um, really pushing the envelope there yeah. on seeing how far your body can go. Because there's there's a there's a there's a guy in nineteen in the nineteen seventies. He was about sixty when he presented to his doctor, and he was at that stage he was two hundred kilos. So I think that's just short of maybe. Uh, 450 pounds or something like that she's huge right he went and saw his gp and um he said to the gp i might do something about it and he said well maybe you can do some fasting or we can do some caloric uh restriction and the guy goes right i'll just won't eat he fasted for 382 days wow he lost 120 kilos and he kept it off fantastic yeah so it's possible if you want to lose that much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know personally for myself, I've done fasting. I've done 16 and eight. Uh, I've, I've gone 24 hours, 48 hours at times. I seem, I seem to constantly plateau. Like I just can't for some reason. And maybe what you said earlier is one of your hacks. Like maybe I need to eat, adjust my time when I eat breakfast and so forth. But I seem to always just plateau where I always still have that you know, that belly fat or a little extra on the side here that I just can never release. It, it, am I doing something wrong or should I be making some changes? Perhaps it's, it's you, you're not fasting enough to actually get the response that you want. So by doing multi-day fasting, you're going to start to see bigger changes faster. Uh, you're going to get more atroph uh, uh, autophagy, which is self-eating. Uh, and your body's going to go into ketosis. So it's going to be using a lot more uh, fats for fuel rather than using carbohydrate because it's all been um, diminished. There's, no, there's none around for it to eat. So when your body goes into ketosis, then you're able to utilize the fat that you have, which is stored mostly around your visceral fat, around your organs. It's going to be using that. Uh, personally, I did a 12-week program myself on fasting and I lost 3.5 kilograms. 
okay. of, of fat over the 12 weeks. And I was, I'm not a big guy either. So it yeah. really, it really attacked and got rid of that visceral fat. Um, aesthetically, visually, that made a big difference to how I looked. I was a lot leaner on the waist. I actually went from 96 centimeters around the waist to 88 over that, uh, that time period. Um, I'm not there now. I've, I've put it a bit back on and that's just through choice and maybe a bit of laziness, but I'm able to get to a point. And if I wanted to maintain that, it wouldn't be too hard to maintain because once you get there, it's pulling on the levers that you need to do with either more intermittent fasting, different time eating windows, and maybe put in some multi-day fasting there, such as at the start of each quarter maybe do a two or three day fast, multi-day fast to challenge yourself and to push yourself and a bit of a cleanup for your health in general. Yeah, no, that, that's great. I appreciate that advice. That's something that I'll look into and, and add. Cause I, cause right now I'm kind of adjusting my routine a little bit, my eating habits a little bit. Again, I always like to, um, I get to the point where I just get bored with my workouts and my diet plan. So I, I mean, you know, I'm to the point right now where it's time for a change. So I need to make some new adjustments in order to keep myself lean the way I'm looking to do and, and keep you know a healthy lifestyle for myself. Because as I'm aging, you know, we're both the same age, you know, I want to stay attractive. I want to, you know, keep my hair longer. I want to look, try to keep myself fit um, as much as I possibly can and live a longer life life because I I know my grandfather died when, from cancer when he was in his 80s. My father died from a heart attack when he was 69. And those are the things I, I need to be aware of, um, you know, as I, I personally, as I'm aging, to make sure that I'm on top of those things, you know, making sure that I'm not running into those things and living a, a healthy lifestyle as much as I possibly can. And, you know, your, your, your genetic makeup, uh, it's almost has a pact with, with, uh, with yourself that, when you're in your 20s and 30s and that sort of child rearing and child raising years, it'll try and keep you healthy as possible. That's why, um, you know, that's why people don't usually die from chronic diseases at that age, obviously. Yeah. It's, it's until later after you've passed those years, all bets are off. Sure. You're on your own. We're not going to keep you alive. It'll, it'll destroy you pretty quickly. So the abuse and the addictions, um, maybe not so much abuse, but the addictions and procrastination and self-doubt that a lot of guys have mm. um, need to be practiced uh, by their equal but opposite virtue. So the, the opposite of procrastination is, is, is in my book, it's, it's, it's more about connection. If you are um, procrastinating on something, it means you don't have any accountability with anything. So by having an accountability partner, or a higher authority, someone you look up to, or someone who is an advisor in an area that you want to improve on, you can turn that procrastination around pretty quickly. Uh, that's why a lot of people hire personal trainers. That's not always affordable for everybody, but having that team and that environment, uh, not necessarily a family, is really important, such as men's health groups, as we're in here now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's having that tribe of, of, of men that can keep you accountable to help you move forward to be able to you know guide you as a as a team because you're right your personal trainers aren't always affordable depending on where you are in your budget but mm. having a a good friend or being part of a fitness program of some sort or just a group of guys that can help motivate you and um have your own little cheerleading squad behind you to help <laughs> 
help get, get you motivated and, and move forward some of those areas that are, are challenging because, you know, lack of belief, that little mind chatter, that self-doubt, that insecurity mm-hmm. does start to creep in, especially when you see younger guys at the gym or guys at your age that are already yeah. in better shape than you are. It makes you a little reluctant to show up, you know, oh, I'm not, you know, I can't do it. I can't keep up with those guys and um, and having that that right support. And men and men are quick to lean on the fact that they're busy as an excuse or reason to justify why they're not in the shape that their counterpart is or young guys. Um, I, I, I'm from the country in, Mm -hmm. in Australia and um, it's quite, uh, quite common to hear in circles of men saying that they're flat out um, busy, really busy. And, but they're sitting there with their beer in their hand, telling the story with a, with a bit of a gut that they're busy okay no worries it's fine uh but <clears throat> i know um from being a bit more honest with them you know with people that i that i know but sometimes people i don't know and saying well um are you too busy to look after your health are you too busy to um to add more years to your life and that's where it's a bit confronting for a lot of people but yeah. i find that usually if if people are in the back of their mind thinking about maybe even laying awake at night thinking shit I'm getting old now. I, I look this way. Uh, what can I do? There's always an opportunity to turn that back around. So um, you know, don't give up. Of course, is is the catch cry there. Or just off the back of that procrastination, yeah. one one of the other problems that a lot of guys I, I, I find have is is that self doubt, mm-hmm. and the opposite self uh, opposite to sort of self doubt in as a virtue is being process orientated, because. When we follow process, think of someone in the military or someone in the police force or, you know, an SAS soldier or, you know, that sort of high tactical minded people, they're very process orientated, they're very detailed. So even leaning in on the detail of what what a day should look like, you get up at 5am or you get up at the same time every day, uh, you know, you drink water before you do that, you make your bed. You know, some of these really basic principles that, that they teach, you know, at some schools and militaries and some sporting teams and athletes would follow that. It's a process as well. Uh, and, then, and then finally, it's really uh, facing your addictions. Mm-hmm. If your addictions are causing the self-doubt and the procrastination, then you've got to lean into that one. Because if there's an addiction, you're not doing anything that's good for your health. So therefore, you're procrastinating on it. So if you're procrastinating on it, perhaps there's some sort of self-doubt that you can achieve it. So constantly they're kind of going around in this cycle uh, and it's called the cycle of death. So, uh, you know, those, those addictions can be overcome by practicing a virtue such as having a model. And uh, so if a model is like go to the gym three times a week, then that's going to help you move away from those addictions potentially by going to the gym at 6 p.m. in the afternoon on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So having a model on what to do, uh, when to do it, of course, is going to help in your calendar. Um, and then, therefore, you should be really uh, confronting those three big problems a lot of guys face. No, I, I love that, Steve, what you brought up here. And, and going back to time management, we all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days a week. It is. It all depends if it's a priority to you. You know, and and some of these, you know, as you said, the guy sitting on on the porch with his beer, his health is not a priority to him. You know, so he's going to come up with excuses. You know, and and you know, say he wants to do it but not do it. 
because he's not that motivated to go ahead and do it. But we all have the same time. I squeeze in time every single day to to work to work out. I make it part of my work day. I I consider it like my day doesn't start until I my work day doesn't start until I start working out, and then I you know, work that into the rest of my work schedule and what I need to do. So you, you look at one hour to do a workout, it's 4% of your day. And yeah. uh, as, as Tony Robbins said, if you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. Sure. And uh, there's a lot, there's a lot of people who, are, who aren't as busy as him. So if they can say <laughs> that they have time, then, yeah. uh, then they're just, they're just kidding themselves. I, I agree completely. I agree completely. See, yeah. I, I want to jump into a little bit more about, what you do, your your products that you have, the services that you offer. You know, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how can they go about doing that? Can you share a little bit about your program? What what somebody can expect, and then yeah, also, sure thing. You know yeah. how we can get somebody can get all of you. Yeah, sure. So I have a website called Fitter After Forty. F I W T E R After Forty. So it's just one word. Um, so there's a website. I'm also on email, Steve at fitterafter40.com.au for Australia. So there's that that point of contact if you wanted to reach out to me. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> all those all those social channels. <clears throat> so the the I guess the the entry point for our meeting would be uh, a phone call and we could literally have a brainstorming call to find out what it is that you want, uh, what it is that you that you would like to have that you haven't been able to get. Some of my clients have now now testify that they haven't felt this good in 20 years. Right. That's a really good rap for them that they've been able to achieve that. It's also very complimentary to my program that I've given them some advice and support around for them achieving that. Um, so if you're stuck with something that you've had for a long time and you want to fix it, see a, see a technician like myself who can help you achieve that in your life. That's, 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 a lot, that's what I do. I'm an online coach. So I, um, I service and provide support for guys anywhere in the world via the internet. Um, that we do, we do meetings uh, on a regular basis. We do group calls with the other guys and the team. Um, and with the process around that, if we do fasting in, in your program, there'll be a, uh, other guys doing the same sort of thing. So there is that support within there. I also have an app. I fit after 40 fitness app. So I have all my exercise and my plans within that app. So my clients just go to their daily workout and they press go and they follow the timer. They follow the exercise. If they don't know how to do it, they'll just watch a video on it. And I'm always available to uh, provide some support. So they have an exercise program. They have a coaching program, which I, which I have as part of my course. And that coaching teaches them more about fasting more about exercise, nutrition, recovery, lots of those important uh, categories of health and wellness. Okay. Um, and, and I guess the big, the big driver for me is assessing, reassessing, because what gets managed, sorry, what gets measured gets managed. Mm. So we do, we do online assessments. So they simply send in a photo. From their photo, I can quickly bring up via an app to show them what their body composition is like. And when you see a photo of yourself with a pair of underpants on, uh, it's, it can be quite confronting for people, a bit embarrassing, but that's what they need to go through yeah. in order to start going, right, I don't want to look like this. I hate the way I look. I want to do something about it. So there's a driver there. Um, and then getting the follow-up of that photo, you know, a month, two or three months later to see the change 
it's actually going to give you some motivation and encouragement around that. So there's constant assessments. I have a science background, so I, I like data and I'm a bit of a geek like that. But uh, I, I like to show reports for my, for my clients on how they're performing because they're employing me uh, to be their guide on this. And I want to make sure that that, that uh, information is transparent and uh, we have honest conversations because a lot of people say they do things, but you know, deep down, they may not be doing every single thing that comes out of their mouth because it's just the way that they're, the way that they've gotten away with things in the years and probably the reason why they might be looking the way they are. Yeah. So I, I, my program is, we, we, we have, I guess, a saying, you know, be, be, be 40, look, look 30, but feel 20. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, see, I love it. Your program is very detailed and I, and I can, and you're really taking some, a man on his journey of where he is now to where he needs to be. And it sounds like you have the systems and the strategies and the steps and definitely the experience, especially being in the business for over 20 years to get somebody to where they need to be. Just as long as they're putting in the work, it sounds like you're putting in the work to really help them see themselves from a whole new light. One, one thing that I've brought into my own um, programming the last 12 months has been it more around masculine uh, initiation. Okay. <clears throat> so the word initiation can shock a lot of people sure. and they can even start to conjure up uh, thoughts in their minds about what initiation is. Um, now that's not where we take you out into the, into the dark woods and, and, and torture you. Oh, that's, uh, that's not where we throw spears into your leg and, and to see if you're a man or not. But um, there is, there is, components of initiation that they do in ancient tribes that you can replicate and uh, soften if you like that you can do over the internet <clears throat> um, so and by giving direction around that and some support around that guys are able to really face some challenges they're having with themselves mm -hmm. by doing some initiation type um, activities and tasks um, and also doing it out is a part of that. Um, I, have, I have austerities that I like men to, uh, to stick by. Austerities are things more, more sort of in religious circles, but related to things that you need to avoid doing so that you improve. Um, the first one is, of course, when we get up, we get the same time every day, we make our bed. So to me, that is actually literally a thing that guys can tick off mm. as being good for their health. Sure. Um, and fasting is a big part of the austerities as well. You know, fasting, having a fasting routine because they're able to focus uh, more so on what their intent is on the day rather than focusing on what's for dinner tonight. Um, so that masculine initiation is, is, is paying off with the guys who are doing those. Uh, I, do, I do missions of that. And that's really interesting to hear the feedback from some of the men. They that they kind of revert back to their teenage years when they were at uh, uh, cadet camp or some sort of you know core camp, sure. or even or even or even rugby or, or sporting <clears throat> um, tours where they have to do without certain things and they do things that they don't normally do in daily life. Mm -hmm. uh, but some don't don't go that far down the road of being uh, without things 
for most of their life. And that's, that's the problem. We're over-consumed, we're overfed, and uh, we're basically spoilt, uh, spoilt tomatoes. Who, um, that's why we get sick easily. That's why we, we're quite, quite soft, really. So um, if we look at our forefathers, Go back 100, 150, 200 years, they're a lot harder than us. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, to be honest, that, that's the problem. There's too many comforts in our world. There's a good book called um, Death by Comfort by Paul Taylor. I'll just give it a bit of a wrap here if you can want to look at that up. But that's yeah. a really good insight into, into some uh, fasting methods and some great hacks you can use as well. Um, I know Paul through, uh, through my uh, association, I guess. But there's lots of great books out there about manning up and, uh, you know, being stronger. There's lots of great advice out there. You can search the internet or you can find people like you and I mm -hmm. who can give uh, people the fast way uh, and, and the easy way. And, and that's not a sales tip. That's basically saying, well, you, you, you can do it the hard way and go and learn all on your own. Or you can seek yeah. advice from people like uh, us mm -hmm. who are doing it with people all the time and achieving some great results. No, Steve, I, I, I loved everything you said. I, I, I love the initiation. It, I love that you're diving deep with people, deep with men, and um, getting them back to where their younger days to to uh, to some level, and and bringing back that that energy that they had at one point, you know that 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 um that that being inspired again that they can do it again, you know, even though they might be twenty years, thirty years older, that that energy is still alive with inside them. And, there's and also, I, <clears throat> thank you, mate. There's also a part of that which is needs to be separation and and learn about separating from um, from our vices. Yeah. Um, so you know, we're going back to addictions. So a lot of guys have addictions to you know I've mentioned before alcohol, pornography, drugs. Uh, you know, smoking, smoking weed, playing games, watching a lot of social media. All those things are some form of addiction. Work is an addiction as well. So by going through a stage of separating yourself through uh, process and through learning more about what separation means, and separation could also mean in a intersexual inter dynamic level, can also mean separating from your mother as well. Mm. So there's, there's, some, there's some Freudian type Jungian sure. um, information there that I, I teach guys about being identifying what what their source of behavior is caused from and it might have been that they were given foods to comfort them when they were younger by their mother and they they might have confided in their mother because a lot of men don't go through masculine initiation with their own fathers because their fathers also grew up um with without initiation themselves they grew up with um the tit in the mouth if i can use those words sure. loosely but um, that's probably why they're soft as well. So the mothers don't really have um, a mentor for their children, especially their boys, to look up to. So it's continued to perpetuate. And the mother then becomes the, you know, they wear the pants in the family. So that's that's another subject I know entirely. But understanding that they need to separate themselves from those boyish behaviours, drugs, alcohol, smoking, cigarettes, pornography, all that stuff, if they can separate themselves away from that, <clears throat> they're going to start moving into the warrior aspect of their archetype and then to kingsmanship, which is a higher level, of course. But for them to rise up as men and to be um, generative, 
um, you know, men as as men who have an effect on other men and boys, uh, that's that's a big one to to work towards because you know long after we're gone, if they can still talk about our virtues, then then we we know we've done something pretty good. But if we're here just if we're here just wasting time and uh, passing the buck on to someone else and blaming other people, then you know we won't get, to get we're not going to get spoken about. That's a big fear for a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's about having a legacy. So I was I about to say that legacy, you know. Yeah, and I and I and, I, and, I, and that, that's a part of my course because as you as I've said at the start, you know, my dad died at fifty, and mm-hmm. people still talk about my dad, you know, twenty, nearly thirty years later, and that's great. So some of his strong virtues, people still remember, and I guess that's another motivator for me uh, to to have that effect on people as well. Um, you know, I want people like my dad. I don't want to be like my dad. Uh, but but they're things for me to spy to, and I'll always remember. Great. No, so I, I've loved everything you said. This show has been amazing. Uh, the tips, the information that you have provided is going to blow guys away because you've really given some great advice here. Um, I, I just want to end it with this, Steve. What What is one word, what's uh, some uh, words of wisdom that you can leave us with real quick? I know you already shared a lot. What's what's something that has inspired some words or wasn't that inspired you or anything that you would like to share real quick? I'll share one from my dad, which I always remember. <clears throat> it's a little bit of a poem. Okay. It said, when her job has once begun, leave it till it's not done. Be it large or be it small, do it well, but not at all. Amazing. I love it, Steve. Hey, everybody, Steve Roberts with Fitter After 40. Uh, Please reach out to Steve. He's an amazing, amazing individual. Uh, I've known Steve for a while now. His program is exceptional. He will train you anywhere in the world, and he has what it takes. As you can already hear the knowledge and the expertise that this man has just been throwing out during this episode. So please reach out to him. I'll have all his links and information for you. And uh, Steve, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. Happy to have a chat with you guys and, uh, you know, really excited about what you're doing and what we can create together. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be doing more. Thanks a lot for your time, Stephen. You have a great day. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. You're welcome. All right, just pause. All right, we should be good now. Um, let me just stop recording.
hours before you eat, uh, before you go to bed, sorry, uh, no work. So nothing, nothing to keep you stimulated, no emails, no text messages. Uh, and then one hour before you go to bed, make sure there's no TV on and, uh, and any other sort of screens as well. So that would include um, reading from a black, uh, from a, you know, Amazon Kindle book or, or yeah. Kindle book, something like that. Yeah. So you can see really by starting to adapt simple changes like that, you're going to get that winding down process. You can get go into a deep sleep. Zero is the amount of times you hit the snooze button. Okay. <laughs> great. No, I, I love the, the hacks that you've been giving. Uh, they've been great so far. Um, you know, there's things there I, I didn't even realize myself that I'm learning today from this episode. So I appreciate you sharing these hacks. I, I want to dive into fasting. I know this is something that I wrote a lot with your program you do challenges around it can you talk a little bit about fasting why fasting is is useful the, w- the way you teach it i know there's different ways you can fast can you give us a little insight on that yeah sure so fasting's been around for i don't know something like ten thousand years or a bit longer i guess so um, it's nothing new um i'm or i'm simply just adopting some of the uh principles around fasting and using some of the processes around fasting to introduce to my my clients that I work with. Um, it's not easy to uh, get people to accept that they can't eat in order to achieve a goal. They have to come to that they have to come to that um, decision themselves. I can't tell them what to do because if I tell them what to do in a sense of this is what you have to do, they won't get that buy-in. So first and foremost, you have to accept that you have to take something away, um, something big like food in order to control the way that things could be getting out of hand for you. So you can take away alcohol, you can take away uh, you know, social media, you can take away cigarettes and drugs, pornography, uh, and any gambling addictions, any other sort of addictions you have, but that's all good. But if you're constantly eating and eating, that's not going to change uh, your behavior w- with regards to eating. That, that's an addiction as well, right? Mm-hmm. So um, so some of the greats have done fasting before and it's good to lean on you know their um, CV as a, as a good as a good way to say it's good for you, Socrates, Plato, Hippocrates, uh, you know, lots of, lots of great people, of course, uh, really um, embellished in, in fasting. What The way I like to get people to start to adopt fasting is by simply skipping a meal, uh, like a breakfast in the morning or something like that, and then pushing their eating out a little bit further to, say, lunchtime. And by doing that, if you look at a 24-hour schedule, if they normally eat, they finish eating at 8 o'clock at night, and they have breakfast the next morning, that's a 12-hour window, what I call a 12 and 12. That's simple maths. Sure. You might want to start out by doing a 14 and 10, which means you don't eat until 10 a.m. the next day, or a, a 16 and 8, which means you don't eat until 12 o'clock the next day. Uh, it's always good to maybe uh, knock off one hour every week if you wanted to just start that until you get to around about a 20 and 4, which is a 20-hour fast and a 4-hour eating window. Uh, that's when you can start to look at really putting a few days together, 24 to 48 hours and so on. And the benefit of that is, well, the intermittent fasting windows, which are just the short ones, mm-hmm. they're good for just starting to get some uh, changes in your in your body. Uh, hormesis is a, is a, is a st- type of stress that we need to have sure. in order to 
keep us alive. Too much of it, like toxins and poisons, can kill us. Too little of it, and we're not really going to budge or change at all. In fact, we'll just get fatter and lazier and, and you know, die early. Yeah. So there has to be a certain amount of good stress that we have to have in order to stay alive and, and, and keep in touch with our, I guess, our um, primitive behaviours and, and, and innate um, things that we have inside us. So that's why fasting is good because it, it, it makes you kind of want a bit more and then if you're able to put some discipline around that, you're able to really see some uh, some progress in your weight loss and even your cognitive approach and how you think and how you feel and maybe you can observe things because you're not eating more. You can absorb observe things within yourself that you think, well, normally I have a snack this time and because I didn't, uh, that's really self-empowering. And then by you know increasing the duration that you don't eat, increasing your fast, that'll give you a lot of uh, sense of uh, power and um, you know commitment to maybe do it a bit longer. Because up until about forty-eight hours, you're not going to get any huge changes of fat loss. The real the real meat, uh, the pun intended there, is that it's really going to happen forty-eight to seventy-two hours from not eating. And with that, you need some support. Uh, from a group fellowship is a massive thing yeah. and having a process and, and a model around that is really important. Okay. So on average, uh, when, when would somebody start seeing some changes with fasting? <laughs> I know everybody's body is a little bit different, but typically what, what, what have you seen that somebody might be able to start seeing some changes? Uh, yeah. So I've, I, I have a, I'll run a challenge, a five day challenge. And it's called the Intermittent Fasting Challenge. Um, and guys start seeing changes after a day. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm literally, I see one kilogram a day, half a kilogram a day for most guys. So, you know, the if you stick to a method uh, such as a 14 and 10, say, for example, you don't eat until mid-morning next day or even you don't even to lunchtime, every day for five days, you should lose between 2.5 and 5 kgs. Okay. So if you want to start on weight loss and you don't want to exercise, that's fine. Just don't eat until lunchtime mm-hmm. and then see what happens. Experiment with yourself. And then, of course, when you do eat, it's the quality of food that you need to eat, which is important as well. You can't just go straight to McDonald's or KFC or Taco Bell and, and pig out. You've got to have the right choice, choice of food. What do you eat? Keep it simple. If it's got a face um, and if it's from the ground, it's good. It's from a packet or it's from the internal aisles of most shopping centers in the world, it's bad. So they're just a couple of little basic tips. No, no, that's great. Now, is fasting something you should be doing constantly or is it something you should be doing like every other week? How, how should somebody build this into their lifestyle? It, good question. And it depends on what your goal is. It also depends on your state of health. If you have, uh, if you're quite healthy, and you just want to lose a bit of body fat, uh, and you just want to get trimmed for summer or for a suit or what it might be, you can just start with some intermittent fasting, and then if that's having an effect and chipping off a few kilograms, that's good. If you're looking to lose a lot of weight, then an approach you can take again is to do some intermittent fasting, but then start to push it out to multiple days uh, with some support, of course, around that and a model. If you want to see your GP by all means, you should do that to tell them what your intentions are. Um, I don't know if I answered your question correctly, but they're they're things you can do. 
When yeah. should you start? Well, if if you do feel your if you can grab your your thumb and your finger like that now, Len, and mm-hmm. you come down here near your waist, okay. and you can squeeze that, you can squeeze that stuff. Give it a go, mate. Yeah, yeah. If you can if you can squeeze that stuff around there, squeeze then, the then, you, the side there. then you don't then you don't need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's still there. I mean, I, I've 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 written some. Written and read some information saying if you've got any more than four percent of body fat, there is fat there that you can utilize by not eating. So, so you know we've all got plenty on us. We can mm-hmm. utilize that, uh, and, and don't be scared of um, really pushing the envelope there yeah. on seeing how far your body can go. Because there's there's a there's a there's a guy in nineteen in the nineteen seventies. He was about sixty when he presented to his doctor. And he was at that stage, he was 200 kilos. So I think that's just short of maybe uh, 450 pounds or something like that. So he's huge, right? He went and saw his GP and um, he said to the GP, I might do something about it. And he said, well, maybe you can do some fasting or we can do some caloric uh, restriction. And the guy goes, right, I'll, I'll just won't eat. He fasted for 382 days. Wow. He lost 120 kilos and he kept it off. Fantastic. Yeah. So it's possible if you want to lose that much. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I know personally for myself, I've done fasting. I've done this 16 and eight. Uh, I've, I've gone 24 hours, 48 hours at times. I seem, I seem to constantly plateau. Like I just can't for some reason. And maybe what you said earlier is one of your hacks. Like maybe I need to eat, adjust my time when I eat breakfast and so forth. But I seem to always just, flat tail where I always still have that, you know, that belly fat and a little extra on the side here that I just can never release. It, it, am I doing something wrong or should I be making some changes? Perhaps it's, it's you, you're not fasting enough to actually get the response that you want. So by doing multi-day fasting, you're going to start to see bigger changes faster. Uh, you're going to get more atrophy. Uh, uh, autophagy which is self-eating sure. uh, and your body's going to go into ketosis so it's going to be using a lot more uh, fats for fuel rather than using carbohydrate because it's all been um, diminished there's no, there's none around for it to eat so when your body goes into ketosis then you're able to utilize the fat that you have which is stored mostly around your visceral fat around your organs it's going to be using that uh, personally i did a 12-week program myself on fasting and i lost 3.5 kilograms Okay. Of, of fat over the 12 weeks. And I was, I'm not a big guy either. So it yeah. really, it really attacked and got rid of that visceral fat. Um, aesthetically, visually, that made a big difference to how I looked. I was a lot leaner on the waist. I actually went from 96 centimeters around the waist to 88 over that, uh, that time period. Um, I'm not there now. I've, I've put it a bit back on and that's just through choice and maybe a bit of laziness, but I'm able to get to a point. And if I wanted to maintain that, it wouldn't be too hard to maintain because once you get there, it's pulling on the levers that you need to do with either more intermittent fasting, different time eating windows, and maybe put in some multi-day fasting there, such as at the start of each quarter, maybe do a two or three day fast, multi-day fast to challenge yourself and to push yourself and a bit of a cleanup for your health in general. Yeah, no, that's great. I appreciate that advice. That's something I'll look into and and because I because right now I'm kind of adjusting my routine a little bit, my eating habits a little bit again. I always like to, um, 
I get to the point where I just get bored with my workouts and my diet plan. So I, I mean, you know, I'm to the point right now where it's time for a change. So I need to make some new adjustments in order to keep myself lean the way I'm looking to do and, and keep you know a healthy lifestyle up for myself. Because as I'm aging, you know, we're both the same age, you know, I want to stay attractive. I want to, you know, keep my hair longer. I want to look, try to keep myself fit um, as much as I possibly can and live a longer life life. Cause I, I know my grandfather died when, from cancer when he was in his eighties, my grandfather died from a heart attack when he was 69. And those are the things I, I need to be aware of, um, you know, as I personally, as I'm aging to make sure that I'm on top of those things, you know, making sure that I'm not running into those things and living a, a healthy lifestyle as much as I possibly can. And you know your your, your genetic makeup uh, it's almost has a pact with with uh, with yourself that when you're in your twenties and thirties and that sort of child rearing and child raising years, you'll try and keep you healthy as possible. That's why um, you know that's why people don't usually die from chronic diseases at that age. Obviously, yeah. it's it's until later after you've passed those years, all bets are off. Sure. You're on your own. We're not going to keep you alive. It'll, it'll destroy you pretty quickly. So the abuse and the addictions, um, maybe not so much abuse, but the addictions and procrastination and self-doubt that a lot of guys have mm-hmm. um, need to be practised uh, by their equal but opposite virtue. So the, the opposite of procrastination is, is, is in my book, it's, it's, it's more about connection. If you are um, procrastinating on something, it means you don't have any accountability with anything. So by having an accountability partner, or a higher authority, someone you look up to, or someone who is an advisor in an area that you want to improve on, you can turn that procrastination around pretty quickly. Uh, that's why a lot of people hire personal trainers. That's not always affordable for everybody, but having that team and that environment, uh, not necessarily a family, is really important, such as men's health groups, as we're in here now. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, it's having that tribe of, of, of men that can keep you accountable to help you move forward, to be able to, you know, guide you as a, as a team. Cause you're right. Your personal trainers aren't always affordable depending on where you are in your budget, but mm-hmm. having a, a good friend or being part of a fitness program of some sort, or just a group of guys that can help motivate you and um, have your own little cheerleading squad behind you to help <laughs> Yeah, get, get you motivated and, and move forward some of those areas that are, are challenging because, you know, lack of belief, that little mind chatter, that self-doubt, that insecurity mm-hmm. does start to creep in, especially when you see younger guys at the gym or guys at your age that are already yeah. in better shape than you are. It makes you a little reluctant to show up, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I can't do it. I can't keep up with those guys and um, and having that that right support. And men and men are quick to lean on the fact that they're busy as an excuse or reason to justify why they're not in the shape that their counterpart is or young guys. Um, I, I I'm from the country in mm-hmm. in Australia, and um, it's quite uh, quite common to hear in circles of men saying that they're flat out, um, yeah, b- busy, really busy, and but they're sitting there with their beer in their hand, telling the story with a with a bit of a gut. That they're busy. Okay, no worries. It's fine. 
Uh, but <clears throat> I know um, from being a bit more honest with them, you know, with people that I that I know, but sometimes people I don't know, and saying, well, um, are you too busy to look after your health? Are you too busy to um, to add more years to your life? And that's where it's a bit confronting for a lot of people. But yeah. I find that usually if if people are in the back of their mind thinking about maybe even laying awake at night thinking, shit, I'm getting old now, I, I look this way, uh, what can I do? There's always an opportunity to turn that back around. So, um, you know, don't give up, of course, is is the catch cry there. Or just off the back of that procrastination, yeah. one of the other problems that a lot of guys I, I, I find have is is that self-doubt. Mm-hmm. And the opposite self, uh, opposite to sort of self-doubt in, as a virtue is being process-orientated. Because when we follow process, think of someone in the military or someone in the police force or, you know, an SAS soldier or, you know, that sort of high-tactical minded people they're very process orientated they're very detailed so even leaning in on the detail of what what a day should look like you get up at 5 a.m or you get up at the same time every day uh you know you drink water before you do that you make your bed you know some of these really basic principles that that they teach you know at some schools and militaries and some sporting teams and athletes would follow that it's a process as well uh and then and then finally it's really uh, facing your addictions mm-hmm. if your addictions are causing the self-doubt and the procrastination then you got to lean into that one because if there's an addiction you're not doing anything that's good for your health so therefore you're procrastinating on it so if you're procrastinating on it perhaps there's some sort of self-doubt that you can achieve it so constantly they're kind of going around in this cycle uh, and it's called the cycle of death so uh, you know those those addictions can be overcome by practicing a virtue such as having a model. And uh, so if a model is like go to the gym three times a week, then that's going to help you move away from those addictions potentially by going to the gym at 6 p.m. in the afternoon on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So having a model on what to do, uh, when to do it, of course, is going to help in your calendar. Um, And then therefore you should be really uh, confronting those three big problems a lot of guys face. No, I, I love that, Steve, what you brought up here. And, and going back to time management, we all have 24 hours in a day. We all have seven days a week. It is. It all depends if there's a priority to you. You know, and and some of these, you know, as you said, the guy sitting on, on the porch with his beer, his health is not a priority to him. You know, so he's going to come up with excuses, you know, and, and, you know, say he wants to do it but not do it because he's not that motivated to go ahead and do it. But we all have the same time. I squeeze in time every single day to to work to work out. I make it part of my work day. I, I consider it like my day doesn't start until I, my work day doesn't start until I start working out. And then I, you know, work that into the rest of my work schedule and what I need to do. So you, you look at one hour to do a workout, it's 4% of your day. And yeah. uh, as, as Tony Robbins said, if you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. Sure, and uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of people who are, who aren't as busy as him. So if they can say that they have time, then uh, then they're just they're just kidding themselves. I I agree completely. I agree completely. See, I, I want to jump into a little bit more about what you do, your what your products that you have, the services that you offer. You know, if somebody wanted to reach out to you, how can they go about doing that? Can you share a little bit about your program? What what somebody can expect? And then yeah, also, sure thing. You know yeah. how we can get somebody can get all of you. 
Yeah, sure. So I have a website called Fitter After 40, F-I-T-T-E-R, After 40. So it's just one word. Um, so there's a website. I'm also on email, steve at fitterafter40.com.au for Australia. So there's that, that point of contact if you wanted to reach out to me. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, <laughs> all those all those social channels. <clears throat> so the, the I guess the, the entry point for our meeting would be uh, a phone call. And we could literally have a brainstorming call to find out what it is that you want, uh, what it is that you that you would like to have that you haven't been able to get. Some of my clients have now now testified that they haven't felt this good in 20 years. Right. That's a really good rap for them that they've been able to achieve that. It's also very complimentary to my program that I've given them some advice and support around for them achieving that. Um, so if you're stuck with something that you've had for a long time and you want to fix it, see a, see a technician like myself who can help you achieve that in your life. That's, 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 what, I, that's what I do. I'm an online coach. So I, um, I service and provide support for guys anywhere in the world via the internet. Um, that we do, we do meetings uh, on a regular basis. We do group calls with the other guys and the team. Um, and with the process around that, if we do fasting in, in your program, there'll be a, uh, other guys doing the same sort of thing. So there is that support within there. I also have an app, <clears throat> a Fit After 40 fitness app. So I have all my exercise and my plans within that app. So my clients just go to their daily workout and they press go and they follow the timer. They follow the exercise. If they don't know how to do it, they'll just watch a video on it. And I'm always available to uh, provide some support. So they have an exercise program. They have a coaching program, which I, which I have as part of my course. And that coaching teaches them more about fasting, more about exercise, nutrition, recovery, lots of those important uh, categories of health and wellness. Okay. Um, and, and I guess the big, the big driver for me is assessing, reassessing, because what gets managed, sorry, what gets measured gets managed mm. so we do we do online assessments so they simply send in a photo from their photo i can quickly bring up via an app to show them what their body composition is like and when you see a photo of yourself with a pair of underpants on uh it's it can be quite confronting for people a bit embarrassing but that's what they need to go through yeah. in order to start going right i don't want to look like this i hate the way i look i want to do something about it so there's a driver there um, and then getting the follow-up of that photo, you know, a month, two or three months later to see the change, it's actually going to give you some motivation and encouragement around that. So there's constant assessments. I have a science background, so I, I like data and I'm a bit of a geek like that. But uh, I, I like to show reports for my, for my clients on how they're performing because they're employing me uh, to be their guide on this. And I want to make sure that that, that uh, information is transparent. And uh, we have honest conversations because a lot of people say they do things, but you know, deep down they may not be doing every single thing that comes out of their mouth because it's just the way that they're the way that they've gotten away with things in the years, and probably the reason why they might be looking the way they are. Yeah. So, I, I my program is we 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 have I guess a saying, you know, be 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 forty. Look, look 30, but feel 20. <laughs> Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. No, see, I love it. Your program is very detailed. And I, and I can, 
and you're really taking some a man on his journey of where he is now to where he needs to be. And it sounds like you have the systems and the strategies and the steps and definitely the experience, especially being in the business for over 20 years to get somebody to where they need to be. Just as long as they're putting in the work, it sounds like you're putting in the work to really help them see themselves from a whole new light. One, one thing that I've brought into my own um, programming the last 12 months has been it more around masculine uh, initiation. Okay. <clears throat> so the word initiation can shock a lot of people sure. and they can even start to conjure up uh, thoughts in their minds about what initiation is. Um, now that's not where we take you out into the, into the dark woods and, and, and torture you. Oh, that's, uh, that's not where we throw spears into your leg and, and to see if you're a man or not. But um, there is, there is, components of initiation that they do in ancient tribes that you can replicate and uh, soften, if you like, that you can do over the internet. Um, So by giving direction around that and some support around that, guys are able to really face some challenges they're having with themselves Mm. by doing some initiation type um, activities and tasks um, and also doing it out is a part of that. Um, I have, I have austerities that I like men to, uh, to stick by austerities are things more, more sort of in religious circles, but related to things that you need to avoid doing so that you improve. Um, the first one is of course, when we get up, we get up the same time every day, we make our bed. So to me, that is actually literally a thing that guys can tick off mm. as being good for their health. Sure. Um, and fasting is a big part of the austerities as well. You know, fasting, having a fasting routine because they're able to focus uh, more so on what their intent is on the day rather than focusing on what's for dinner tonight. Um, so that masculine initiation is, is, is paying off with the guys who are doing those. Uh, I, do, I do missions of that. And it's really interesting to hear the feedback from some of the men. They that they kind of revert back to their teenage years when they were at uh, uh, cadet camp or some sort of you know core camp, sure. or even or even or even rugby or, or sporting <clears throat> um, tours where they have to do without certain things and they do things that they don't normally do in daily life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some don't don't go that far down the road of being uh, without things for most of their life. And that's, that's the problem. We're over-consumed, we're overfed, and uh, we're basically spoilt uh, tomatoes. Who, um, that's why we get sick easily. That's why we, we're quite, quite soft, really. So um, if we look at our forefathers, yep. go back 100, 150, 200 years, they're a lot harder than us. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, to be honest, that, that's the problem. There's too many comforts. In our world, there's a good book called um, "Death by Comfort" by Paul Taylor. I'll just give it a bit of a wrap here, if you can want to look at that up. But that's yeah. a really good insight into into some uh, fasting methods, some, some okay. great hacks you can use as well. Um, I know Paul through uh, through my uh, association, I guess. But there's lots of great books out there about manning up and uh, you know being stronger. There's lots of great advice out there. You can search the internet, or you can find people like you and I. Mm-hmm. who can give uh, people the fast way. 
and, and the easy way, and, and that's not a sales tip. That's basically saying, well, you, you can do it the hard way and go and learn all on your own, or you can seek yeah. advice from people like uh, us mm-hmm. who are doing it with people all the time and achieving some great results. No, Steve, I, I, I loved everything you said. I, I, I love the initiation. I love that you're diving deep with people, deep with men, and um, getting them back to where their younger days to to uh, to some level, and and bringing back that that energy that they had at one point, you know that 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 um that that being inspired again that they can do it again, you know, even though they might be twenty years, thirty years older, that that energy is still alive with inside them. And there's and also, I- <clears throat> thank you, mate. There's also a part of that which is needs to be separation and and learn about separating from um, from our vices. Yeah. Um, so you know, with going back to addictions, so a lot of guys have addictions to you know I've mentioned before alcohol, pornography, drugs, uh, you know, smoking, smoking weed, playing games, watching a lot of social media. All those things are some form of addiction. Work is an addiction as well. So by going through a stage of separating yourself through uh, process and through learning more about what separation means, and separation could also mean in a intersexual dynamic level can also mean separating from your mother as well. Mm. So there's some some Freudian-type Jungian um, information there that I I teach guys about being identifying what what their source of behavior is caused from and it might have been that they were given foods to comfort them when they were younger by their mother and they they might have confided their mother because a lot of men don't go through masculine initiation with their own fathers because their fathers also grew up um with without initiation themselves they grew up with um the tit in the mouth, if I can use those words yeah. loosely, but um, that's probably why they're soft as well. So the mothers don't really have um, a mentor for their children, especially their boys, to look up to. So it's continued to perpetuate. And the mother then becomes the, you know, they wear the pants in the family. So that's that's another subject I know entirely, but understanding that they need to separate themselves from those boyish behaviours drugs alcohol smoking cigarettes pornography all that stuff if they can separate themselves away from that they're going to start moving into the warrior aspect of their archetype and then to kingsmanship which is a higher level of course but for them to rise up as men and to be um generative um you know men as as men who have an effect on other men and boys uh, that's that's a big one to to work towards because you know long after we're gone, if they can still talk about our virtues, then then we we know we've done something pretty good. But if we're here just if we're here just wasting time and uh, passing the buck on to someone else and blaming other people, then you know we won't get to get we're not going to get spoken about. That's a big fear for a lot of people. Yeah. I think it's about having a legacy. So I was I about guess to say I, a legacy, you know. Yeah. And I, and I and I and I and that that's a part of my course because as you as I've said at the start, you know, my dad died at fifty, and people still talk about my dad, you know, twenty, nearly thirty years later, and that's great. So some of his strong virtues, people still remember, and I guess that's another motivator for me uh, to to have that effect on people as well. Um, you know, I want people like my dad. I don't want to be like my dad, uh, but 
but they're things for me to aspire to. And I'll always remember. Great. No, so I, I've loved everything you said. This show has been amazing. Uh, the tips, the information that you have provided is going to blow guys away because you've really given some great advice here. Um, I, I just want to end it with this, Steve. What What is one word, what's some, some words of wisdom that you can leave us with real quick? I know you already shared a lot. What's What's something that has inspired some words or wasn't inspired you or anything that you would like to share real quick? I'll share one from my dad, which I always remember. <clears throat> it's a little bit of a poem. Okay. It said, when her job has once begun, leave it till it's not done. Be it large or be it small, do it well, but not at all. Amazing. I love it, Steve. Hey, everybody, Steve Roberts with Fitter After 40. Uh, please reach out to Steve He's an amazing, amazing individual. Uh, I've known Steve for a while now. His program is exceptional. He will train you anywhere in the world, and he has what it takes. As you can already hear the knowledge and the expertise that this man has just been throwing out during this episode. So please reach out to him. I'll have all his links and information for you. And uh, Steve, thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Glenn. Happy to have a chat with you guys and, uh, you know, really excited about what you're doing and what we can create together. Thanks, Glenn. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be doing more. Thanks a lot for your time, Stephen. You have a great day. Cheers, mate. Thanks, guys. You're welcome.